Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who will never be launched into space on purpose or otherwise, my Earth-loving friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I am a, a very loving person. I like to think myself, you know, to be. But I want to go to space. I want, on purpose, I'm going to space someday. Yes, James B. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you would never go into space. But, um, all right. Well, it's good to know that you're interested in getting up there. You, you right. know why I mentioned that, right? There's a there's a lot to do with space in these books. <laughs> That's right. Today we're going to do four Marvel team-ups. And oh, um, there's, yeah, there's spaceships and at least two of them I can think of. Uh, <laughs> so why don't we get started right away so the listeners will understand what we're talking about. From December of 1976, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team Up 52 featuring Spider-Man and Captain America in Danger, Demon on a Rampage by Mantelo, Bushima, and Esposito. Captain America is escaping the mad dark dimension in his comic book. And that story concludes at the start of this Marvel team up where a bunch of people come through a portal, including a demon. The demon is noticed by Captain America villain Batrock, who recruits the unknowing monster to help take down a shield helicarrier with valuable cargo on it. Captain America and Spider-Man stop Batrock and shield takes the villain away. The heroes debate what to do with a demon that can't return to its homeworld. After a short fight, to convince themselves that the demon is trouble, the heroes eventually decide to blow the demon up. Uh, what a book, James B. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I like Batrock for a couple of reasons. You, because, you want? You yeah, want to know why I like him? Yes, because he's French. <laughs> I like him funny. because he's French. But I, I have two other, I think, great reasons to like him. Okay. He is just chilling on his deck in like full costume. If I had like a costume that I was known for, I'd just be hanging out with it all the time. But mm, more importantly, okay. he is be, being served a cup of tea by his butler. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's just ready for action. But he says to poor Casper, no, Casper, he is not all right. <laughs> is he the, yeah, because he's an imbecile, <laughs> This Casper. phonetic spelling of French is so hilarious in here. Uh, yes, I believe he kicks his butler and because he dropped some priceless dishes or something. Yeah. Batrock, is he your second most likely person? Oh, actually, you have Aunt May yes, and Doc Ock. You like true. to have tea with <laughs> Does that put Batrock in third? Or would you have T? Uh, he is definitely a, a distant third between the, for those first two. So, <laughs> I didn't like the fact that this book is a conclusion, sort of, yeah. to a Captain America book. Like, don't start off and go, "Oh, by the way, I know you missed some stuff that you, you know, don't really have yeah, to listen to." And, I, being a no. young kid at this time, it would be so frustrating to me to like pick up this book and be like, "Hey, man, like I'm not reading Captain America." Well, it's I I don't like how they do that. Like conclude a story in a totally different book. Um, I the only other thing I say. Did you see where Spider Man was like, "Well, Captain America, you go figure out that demon. I'm out of here to go take a bath." <laughs> well, he does have to deal with the fact. If you look at the last page, there's a poorly drawn old lady and a poorly drawn redhead, which I believe are supposed to be. Aunt May and Mary Jane, and I don't know. I mean, Busimo's how to draw. I don't know what these jarrings are. Like he's yeah. he's no stranger to Spider-Man. He, someone really 
mailed that in the ending there. So, well, I'm ready to move on, James B. Well, don't don't be too excited because <laughs> even though this book was awful, when you see what's coming up, by the way, it advertises in this book that the next book is going to be uh, Hulk and Wood Guy, but that's not actually the case because we have to do the annual first. That's right, Eddie. We have an annual, so king size too. <laughs> Well, from December of 1976, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team-Up Annual 1 featuring Spider-Man and the Uncanny X-Men in The Lords of Light and Darkness by Mantelo, Bushima, and Esposito. While working on an experiment at a secret government base called The Nest, an earthquake causes an explosion, which seems to destroy The Nest and all the scientists. And I'm thinking, why do we care? Months later, Peter Parker and the X-Men are on a plane with a bunch of important people on their way to a conference on man-made mutation when the same robots we saw previously guarding the nest earlier attack the plane. Spidey and the X-Men battle the robots, and they roughly land the plane. The heroes then face the original scientists who have now mutated into energy beings, and they're named after, like, Hindu gods, and they now need a massive amount of the Earth's energy to evolve. Of course. Yeah. They battle for a while, and Spider-Man's like, hey, I have an idea. X-Men, why don't we send these guys into outer space because there's, like, unlimited energy there, and everyone's like, sounds good. I'm giving you the slow clap there, James B., because this is an incredible summary. This this book is so long, and it is so all over the place. I, uh, well done. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, we can we can play a game later called Rank These Books from Worst to Worstest. Or or it could be What Didn't Happen in Marvel Team-Up's Annual One. Because, I mean, there's a creation of a whole like set of new bad guys here. Like you said, there's a lab that gets exploded towards the beginning. The X-Men are fighting floaters. <laughs> I like the title of the, like, flying craft here. And Charles Xavier is always yelling. Did you notice this, James B? Like, <laughs> yes. You know, I haven't read a lot of X-Men uh, from this vintage, but, like, he's not a yeller, right? You know, is he, he does yell? yell in the Marvel team-ups a lot. Maybe he is a... Maybe he is a I don't remember him being... He's not in the original X-Men as much mm. as you think, because the X-Men get spread out from different locations all the time. But I don't remember him being this much of a yeller. No, uh, I agree. It, there's at least nine panels of him, like, with his mouth open really wide. And, you know, that, that star um, around all his words as he's yelling at someone. So, uh, so much going on. The book's bad. <laughs> But it's over. So let's move on. Okay, all right. From January of 1977, Stanley presents Spider-Man and the Hulk together in Marvel Team-Up 53, Nightmare in New Mexico, by Bill Mantelow, John Byrne, and Frank Yacoya. And uh, this is going to be considered like the first uh, John Byrne book, and John Byrne is going to be a fantastic four artist of fame he's gonna come in here with chris claremont and do some good things pretty soon in marvel champs as well all right the hulk shows up in a quarantined town and doesn't realize that all the quiet people are dead people i I gotta stop you here because i like how the hulk is like you know no one's here and i'm gonna say this is my town and i'm gonna tidy it up because (laughs) this is hulk's town (laughs) good to be cleanly hulk yeah, Hulk doesn't think things either. He talks out loud so we know what he's thinking. 
Yes, that happened. <laughs> There's this strange goat man, satyr-like creature called Wood God, and it attacks Hulk. Uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men, remember, they're in the annual. Uh, so right. this is happening kind of at the same time-ish. Um, they uh, they encounter the area as they return from that annual, and Spider-Man heads to the quarantine zone to save the Hulk and possibly get some photos. Uh, Hulk gets electrocuted, fighting Wood God, turns into Bruce Banner. Uh, Spider-Man gets yelled at by some military quarantine people, and then Wood God and Hulk both appear ready to smash Spider-Man as the issue ends. Eddie, this is some continuation of a book called Marvel Premiere 31, and there's like a huge paragraph on the letters page from Bill Mantlo that says, sorry, we couldn't explain all the things we need to explain. So I'm going to just put it all here on the letters page. Well, thank goodness he did that. Because I, once again, was certainly confused. I, I foolishly read the Marvel team-ups and then the annual. <laughs> and when I read the second, you know, this Marvel team-up, I'm like, wait, what, what was going on here? And then I was already in. So I just kept going. There's too much Hulk talk, I should say, because... The worst thing about Wood God is he talks exactly like the Hulk. <laughs> They're always like... Green Man tries to hurt Wood God to make him feel the scream. Why, Green Man? <laughs> you, Goat Man, you surprise Hulk. Confuse Hulk with words. You are wrong, Goat Man. No, Green Man, not Father. Yeah, they're the same. It's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Too much, thank you, James. We too much Hulk talk in this book. And I did notice the art was uh, quite different since we have um, John Byrne as the artist at this time. Um, I, I can't say I'm a big fan. Did you like the art in this one, James B? I don't really. I'm not a big Hulk guy. I didn't notice the, the art being that different, but maybe... Maybe I'll think of a closer look at John Burns. I just knew that John Byrne was had arrived and there was going to be some better things to come. Ah, I see. Well, I felt like the characters were a little more lumpy than they were before mm. uh, drawn, and maybe it'll get better for me. Well, I would think this book might have been the best of the th three so far, except that this book actually continues, which means we have to suffer through two books of it. So, From February of 1977, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 54 featuring Spider-Man and the Hulk in Spider in the Middle by Mantelo, Byrne, and Esposito. Spider-Man's in some kind of trouble at the end because, you know, both the big guys are going to fight him for whatever reason. But the military quarantine control guys drop this net on Wood God and Hulk. And Eddie, this net, it's like the more you fight it, the stronger it gets or something. So it's really locking down Hulk. Uh, it saves Spider-Man, and Spider-Man realizes that this electronic net will actually kill Woodgod and Hulk, so then he turns against the military quarantine people and just frees Hulk and Woodgod, who are about to fight him. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, the book wraps up with the evil military people capturing all of them using gas, of course. They plan on sending Woodgod in a rocket, I think to the moon as some kind of test, but Spidey tricks the military and then gets free and then frees Woodgod. And then Hulk is freed by Bug Eyes and Goat Face Free Hulk. Uh, and then there's a battle with the atomic guns and explosions of all sorts. And in the end, these weird quarantine military people lose. But Spider-Man gets like accidentally like knocked into the rocket. Hulk tries to save him, but the rocket launches Spidey into space. So uh, if you listened last issue, we were talking about the Tinkerer and how he's not an alien. Well... Spider-Man's off into space to meet some aliens, right? 
I can only imagine what will happen in the future. Let, let me ask. Let me ask you a question here because I haven't really asked okay. anything. But uh, who are these military people? Are they what? I don't. Are they good guys or bad guys? I don't understand who they are. I thought, and this I think would have been super clever, that they were impersonating the military, and they were actually like some other organization of bad guys. Is what I at first thought and thought, ooh, that's very clever, you know, like trying to get Spider-Man out of here. It's like, sorry, this is military, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D., whatever, blah, blah. But then it turns out they're a branch of the military, and, like, this book is written so anti-military. And we just had, you know, a Marvel team-up where the X-Men were on a flight with um, different senators and people and, you know, Russians, and they talked about, like, the Cold War, which is promoting the military since, like, you know, the government is battling Russia at the time of the Cold War. I, I, it's, this is too much for me. It's all over the place. Are we supposed to not like the military? Are we supposed to like them? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that, look, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a rough time in the, it's a rough time in the 70s for Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man and Marvel team. But, you know, we're, we're doing important work. We're reading the books so and you guys don't have to if you're listening and, yeah, there's there's a couple good ones coming. I think I think you got uh, around 59. So what are we on? 54 here. So we're almost there. Well, I reverted to an old uh, Let's Read Spider-Man segment that I enjoyed the Spider-Man insult <laughs> that happened here. If you'll uh, indulge me, James B. On okay. page 16, Spider-Man, <laughs> he has these goofy, um, like cement kind of handcuffs they're like metal but it's like as if you put your hands and feet in cement and he yells out as he's beating up guys because it's really heavy on his limbs uh we this is more fun than a five-day muscle toning course at a vic tanny health spa uh and better yet it's cheap <laughs> great job eddie you should say the name of the segment again because we used to have the segment but it didn't have any music i'll put a little musical part in the spider-man insult and so I, of course, uh, am combining favorite insult with um, dated reference here. And Vic Tanny was a bodybuilder who opened up a lot of spas um, after World War II that you could go to and, and work out. Oh, thank you for doing that. <laughs> One thing I've been noticing is I noticed this in the Amazing Spider-Man book and in Marvel Tamps lately, that they're doing a, a double page of advertisements. Usually uh-huh. if, you, if you checked, you'd be like, well, page two, three, and then the, like four and five would be advertised. And then it would go six, seven. Well, in all the books lately, between you get to up to page 17, and then the next page is 22. And I have the physical copies of some of these, and there are literally two full pages left and right of advertisements. So they're wow. starting to jam. Uh, yeah, it's surprising that these books are, are oh, we need to advertise more. <laughs> yeah, how many? Everyone's, how many re- everyone's reading these books. <laughs> how many pennies did they? Charge the advertisers oh to put them in here. Maybe that's why they're like, where things are times are tough. We can only afford to create books with wood gut in it. <laughs> well, Eddie, times are tough for us too, and we need to charge pennies. So let's talk about our sponsor. Okay, uh, thank goodness we got one, Eddie. Human test subjects take part in an experiment or a clinical trial to help researchers and scientists measure the effectiveness of a product or to test ideas and collect information for a scientific study. Your duties as a test subject depend on the type of tests that researchers perform. You can join Spider-Man and the scientists from NEST by flying into space. Everyone should fly into space and be a test subject, 
Even Eddie wants to go into space. I want to go to space. Over 550 people have already been into space. You could be next. I know Eddie wants to be. See our posting on ZipRecruiter or talk to Weasel Jack for more information. Wow. Oh my, I really set myself up to be uh, a prom candidate for this sponsor, don't I? You know, you just said... I want to go to space. <laughs> so, what... It's perfect, Eddie. So, uh, congratulations. I guess you're you're already doing... So. Hopefully, the listeners can also take advantage of this opportunity to be a human test subject in flying space. <laughs> a human test subject. Like Spider-Man. In this book, Spider-Man no. is flying... You do realize that's what they were doing, right? They're they're sending these people into space. That's what that rocket was for. Yes, yes. They were going to send all three of them, right? Or something like that. No, just just Woodgod. Where oh. oh, oh, you're right. At one point, they do say, unless you'll cooperate... Three experimental test animals can be shot in space as easily as the one I originally was going to send up. So let's talk less about our sponsor and more about the book again. <laughs> okay. Because we already know how you feel about the Great sponsor. Great idea. Which we appreciate it. I want to go to space. Uh, so they, <laughs> I don't know. So the, the book we read here. All right. Let, let's back up for a second. In summary. Cue my summary music. We haven't played the summary music in a little bit. Uh, we're going to do a little differently instead of just bullets. But the first book is about... The conclusion of Captain America's story, a demon comes in and Captain America and Spider-Man kill the demon. Yes, correct. <laughs> the X-Men book, a bunch of scientists die. They become gods. They decide to take out the Earth. And then the X-Men are like, why don't you go take out the universe instead? And they're like, fine. And they just go up and take care of it. Yes. In this book here, there's a bunch of dead people. <laughs> what? And then these guys are like, we're going to send Wood God into space. Why? Why? I don't even understand this one. And for Marvel team of almost always giving way too much information about everything, do we really know where Wood God came from? <laughs> Why he's there exactly? Don't don't worry, everyone. Bill Mantlo in the middle of book fifty-three. <laughs> I'm gonna just go to the letters page and try to figure out what he told us. He says, uh, hey, Jim Shooter asked me to clear up the concept I call the scream in conjunction with this issue's extra guest star, the man beast called Wood God. When I created Woody in Marvel Premiere 31, he was a child innocent, rapidly maturing due to his biogenetics with an animalistic pathological side that would take over in moments of anger, tension, and rage. I wanted to personalize that side of the creation, and I called it the Scream. It seemed to work in Premiere, and then as I tried to bring him to Marvel Tamp, I found it worked as well here, but I didn't want to put a footnote, so I figured I would just stick it on the letters page. Hope it clears it all up. <laughs> what? Oh, how exceedingly helpful. <laughs> wow. Eddie. All right, Eddie, Bill. I know you were not a fan of Gene DeWolf. How are you feeling about those books compared to what you just read today? Uh, I I gotta say, you know, we're reading them so that others don't have to read them. It's, it's, it's what's happening right now. So it was nice to see all the X Men. I'll say that. Sure. Especially Banshee, who got to hang out a little bit longer because he gave Spider Man a lift to the ground. So that's yeah. Banshee for you. <laughs> Hey James B. Yeah. Um, in the Marvel Team Up Annual, okay. Annual uh, one we just talked about, there's this sentence in there. So all the future gods are standing around. Former scientists, future gods here. You know the Indian 
names that they've given God, names they give themselves. And the narrator says, uh, we choose to live, Phoenix. They're talking, you know, to Jean Grey, who they have put in her Phoenix form. Even now, energy is being drawn from your stellar plane to nourish us. And I really thought they were talking about the the X-Men's plane they were flying. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what kind of plane was that? Was there a nuclear engine in it? So much so that I thought it was a misprint. I'm like, are you talking about your stellar planet? <laughs> uh, but no, they are. They were referring to like the, the like Doctor Strange kind of plane, right? Right. That's what they're. Oh, the next to. the next line though says, "You destroy a planet just to sustain eight yes. lives." I read it like five times. <laughs> Is it a misprint? I think it's a, are they referring? No, to, like, I think you're. I think it's a misprint. I think it's from your stellar planet. It's not the X-Men's plane that Spider-Man was riding on the front of and said Cyclops was going to play his dry-cleaning bill because there were, there were going to be bugs mushed all over at Spider-Man. All right. Well, if people want to talk about the uh, the X-Men or the Scream or anything or just to send us their sympathies, where can they reach us? Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And remember, listeners, if Spider-Man is fighting a demon or a god or getting launched into space, there's a good chance you are reading a Marvel team Goodbye! Goodbye! You know, I thought about doing a segment. We could do a segment where it's like, all right, guess what you think is going to be in this Marvel team up. <laughs> Spider-Man goes into space. <laughs> Spider-Man sees the Mole Man underground. You know, Eddie, there we are doing something like this in our 125th podcast. Oh, really? Yes, because we did something special for podcast 25, 50, ah. 75, and 100. So for 25... We did a review of the first Spider-Man movie. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yes. And for 50, we did the No Way Home review. Yeah, that's right. Which, I remember which that included, one very well. Yeah, we had all the guests come on and do that mm-hmm. with us. Do you remember what we did for 75? What did, did, it Was that the one where we made our own sound effects? Correct. It was our own sound <laughs> effects. I like that for one, a lot. For 100, we did a uh, was our like clip show of all the yes, great moments of, of, you know. And then for 125, what I've got planned... Uh, 125 is going to be two separate books. One's an annual and one's an Amazing Spider-Man book. Okay. I'm going to have you choose. You're going to read one of them and I'm going to read the other one. Okay. And then one of us will start the summary and it'll go something like, you know, I'll say like Captain America shows up and out through the portal walks, Eddie, do you think it's a demon? Do you think it's (laughs) Batrock or do you think it's Red Skull? And we can basically ask it in a... uh, what do you think is happening? We're not going to mad lib it, but really ask the person yes. and they can predict what's happening all the way through the book. And we'll have each read one book. So, um, you know, there'll be one of us there to comment on it. And then there you go. What do you think? Uh, great idea. I'm, I'm all about it. It's like kind all of right. a choose your own path, but yes, you yes, of course, that way. <laughs> you'll, you'll, we'll find out if you're right or wrong. You'll choose so. the right path.